Welcome to the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. We have a great show for you this week. The main event is the conclusion of my interview with Oz Perlman. We start by recapping a bit of his experience on AGT before diving into the work he's doing with the NFL and ESPN. Then we conclude things with a discussion of his ultra marathons. Nick Lacapo stops by the show to discuss the feature product of the week from Nicholas Lawrence. Before all of that, we kick things off with one of our quickfire segments where your favorite magicians have to pick a single book in the event they are stranded at sea. This week, street performer and friend of the show, Alex Hilshi joins me for Desert Island Magic Books. Alex Hilshi, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast for Desert Island Magic Books. Let's suppose you wash up on a desert island with one magic book, and it's made of Tyvek, so it's not going to fall apart in the wind and the rain and the sand. What is your Desert Island Magic Book? I think it would have to be Steve Spill's um, Magic Is My Weed. Okay, so this is this is an interesting... I was not expecting this book, Um and I actually have a connection to this book because I, I used to work at Magicopolis with Steve Spill. I was the first bartender at the at the uh, at Magicopolis. Tell me what it is about Magic Is My Weed that you like so much. Yeah, well, I, I'm so excited that you worked for Steve Spill. I, I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> so I, I've been thinking about this question, right? And so there's so many different books, but they all serve different purposes. And if I'm alone on a desert island, I want something that is very multi-purpose. Mm-hmm. And so this book is going to make me laugh with anecdotes. This book is going to inspire me with creative ideas. And it's going to provide me like tools for creating my own material. And plus, like all of Steve's routines mm-hmm. are like so rooted in the classics, even though he puts his own wild crazy spin on it and so i i just think that's really inspiring so that's like a a book that you know i'm not gonna get bored of and it's gonna mean something different to me every time i read it i love how literally you took the thought experiment you're like hey this is a fun way to talk about books and you're like no i'm on an island i need something that can take care of everything Oh, that's so funny. All right. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I guess I am a pretty literal person. So, yeah. You know, it's awesome. It's a great book choice, too, because Steve is such a fascinating performer who's like literally grew up with Di Vernon and then sort of was out on the comedy road circuit, hung out with Penn and Teller and, and has done everything. Uh, and this is the second book of his because he has uh, How to Make Love of the Steve Spillway, which is just a book yeah. of stories, which are... Yeah. Man, I remember Steve telling me some of the stories firsthand. They're crazy. But uh, Magic is My Weed is like his, this is, he's released a few things, but this is the one that's got like a lot of the routines that you can just do. Is there any of the routines that you find yourself coming back to that you want to add to your own act or play with to put your own spin on? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, for years I've wanted to do the needles or or razor blades. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know that I would necessarily go to his method, but um, his presentation has always inspired me tremendously. And I mean, there's nothing, his method is genius and wonderful and Mm -hmm. brilliant and um, streamlined. I mean, it's really wonderful. Um, But, but yeah, that's that presentation. I just love, and I, I, I kind of like geek magic, but (laughs) I've never really gotten into performing it. So I watched Steve do the needles five times a week uh, in front of audiences. And it was always captivating. I totally understand why that's one that you would come back to. Yeah. Well, uh, Magic is my weed is a fantastic book. Thanks for bringing it up and letting us talk about it. Thanks so much for joining me here on the podcast. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Thanks to Alex Hilshi for joining me on the show. If you're interested in getting your start on the streets, go back and give her interview a listen. It is worth your attention. Now, on to the main event. When we left off last week, Oz Perlman had just finished detailing his experience on America's Got Talent. Now, I'm going to back the podcast up a little bit so we can listen to some of that interview again for context, but then we're going to get into some of what he is doing now, including the viral videos he's been creating for ESPN and the records he's setting with ultramarathons. Heads up, I had mistakenly logged into the wrong Zoom account and the Zoom meeting was trying to shut down. And so the end of the interview is a little rushed, but Oz was just so much fun to talk to that I got to hit him with a couple of quick fire questions at the end. Believe me, this won't be the last time we have him on the show because he is one of the most delightful human beings I have ever met. And now you get to join our conversation. You show up on my YouTube feed all the time now because of what you're doing with ESPN and the NFL, where every week you're performing for different teams. Now, I assume that these are all tapes like preseason. They sent you around and you did it all at once. You're not doing this every week, right? No, no. So the teams are very tight schedules during the week. They have practices, they have games, and they don't really want distractions. So Mm -hmm. what we did is um, in August, I went to training camps for Mm -hmm. two weeks to three different teams. And then um, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx it, but you're going to see a lot more of me on that network. So we've got some more things in the pipe. Uh, But I went there and I did, did, shows like full call it stage shows yeah. for the teams. They had no idea who I was, what was going to happen. It was a big surprise element. And then we cut it down into four or five minutes, kind of clips that could go viral. It's and crazy it's stuff. Very genuine stuff. Nobody in the room knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and you get these really authentic reactions, which in mentalism is everything because you get that moment. Now, yeah. some of them are going to be the hoots and hollers and the freaking out, like the old David Blaine style. Mm-hmm. I had some guys who just literally looked me in the eyes went over to his chair, packed up his stuff and left the room, which is just gold. You know, and you have people that just don't know what to say. They have nervous laughter. Um, You get such a wide diversity of reactions that are so real with athletes that you look up to and you know, it's not fake. You you know what I mean? It's not like, I don't want to knock anyone, but there's some people you see on TV and you're like, that could be an actor. I don't know if I buy that or whatever. These, these guys, are, are, you know, 320 pounds. They're making millions a year. They could crush me with two hands yeah. and I can't pay them enough to act on camera. So you know that when I grabbed DK Metcalf's phone, I said, have I ever talked to you a word in my life? And he goes, dude, I don't know you, bro. And then I take his phone and I unlock it. Like, it, 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 that's why it goes viral because people yeah. know that's real. I was talking about, so I'm not a huge sports fan, but me I, either. I, I'm not like a big sports guy. I do interact. So I, the gym near my house that I go to is where a lot of like OSU football players go. And so I'm like, I'm constantly surrounded by how big they are. And I'm just like, I'm constantly intimidated by how big football players are. So I can't imagine performing for them on a regular basis. But I was just going to mention that DK Metcalf uh, clip because I watched the Seahawks clip yesterday. I was talking with my buddy Farrell Dillon, who's a huge Seahawks fan. And that, that video that you of you performing for the Seahawks is like, I'm going to put a link in it in the description below because people need to see this. It's unreal the reactions you get from these guys. Thank you. It was, I was really happy with how it turned out. Um, the behind the scenes on that one was insanity. It's so funny how the, the, the way that like set up in the morning of, so I'll give you a real quick like behind yeah. the scenes on it is that the players were supposed to come in, get mic'd up. They were supposed to be like a setup, get introduced. 
and everybody showed up early. Mm -hmm. So imagine if you're there and nobody's been mic'd because the way we're shooting that is with boom mics mm -hmm. and it's it's a real auditorium and nobody knows what's about to happen. So you can't like get everything ready. So they were going to get a few players that were stars that we wanted to include in the show because mm -hmm. the team kind of says, oh, try and get this guy and this guy. Um, and so we try to get them in. But if we can't mic them up, the concern is that we might not hear them. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Just yeah. the, exactly just like right now podcast. If I'm in the other side of the room, you're not going to hear me. Yeah. So everyone shows up early. <laughs> And, and this is in like 8.30 in the morning. And I'm like, where are the guy? Like, and they, I am in the other room getting set up. Like, yeah. I don't even have my case with the tricks that I'm about to perform. And I'm also mentally juggling that we're doing two other teams. And I've already done one. And I want to make sure that for certain teams, I want to do certain tricks. Do you understand? Because I don't want, yeah. we can't show three clips of me doing all the same trick for all the same teams. Yeah. So I am trying to get mic'd up and get my stuff just out of my case when I hear 75 grown men chanting. And this is weird because nobody <laughs> says my name right because it looks like I have to go, oh, oh, and the room is shaking. And I'm like, yo, dude, why are they saying my name? One of the production assistants runs in, like like a yeah. movie, runs in and like slides in the room. He goes, dude, we need you. I'm like, what do you mean you need me? We're not shooting for 20 minutes. He's like, we need you now. Coach Pete just introduced you. I'm like, WTF, bro. I am just like trying to grab my case, trying to get mic'd. I run in there, yeah. you see me sprinting in, I walk in, I'm like, I can't even explain to you the panic. If you had a, a, a heart rate monitor on me, my rate is higher than any marathon I've ever done. And dude, it's just, it's so funny because that one turned out the best. Yeah. And that one, the first 10 minutes were just absolute chaos for me. I was, I didn't know what was going on. I had to adjust my tricks. This guy's not mic'd. This guy does, like, yeah. I can't explain to you the stress and it turned out the best. So, so good. You got to you got to be a pro. You got to roll with the punches. And folks, if somebody asks you, can you do something? And it's a big step in your career. Mm -hmm. Say yes. Figure it out later. <laughs> uh, you mentioned, uh, man, I, this is so great because you, you are you are honestly one of the best guests I've ever had because you just keep setting up the, the question points for me. You mentioned the marathons. Uh, Penguin guys seem to have this thing where they like run long distances because like Lacapo is running all the time. You do yeah. ultra marathons. Yes. And so, like I watched the video of you setting the record in, in, in uh, New York City, right? What, what was that? I was 100 miles yeah. around Central Park. Uh, I ran 116 miles around Central Park. It opens from 6 a.m. to 1 a.m. So you have about an 18 hour and 15 minute window. Um, and I set the record for the most full loops around Central Park in the history of the park. It's called an FKT. It's like a Guinness Book of World Records, but the yeah. running organization that does it is called Fastest Known Times. And uh, I did it for charity. It was in April. So it was right after this, you know, horrible war in the Ukraine started. Yeah. And I, I actually had a, a race that I was going to do for this hundred mile race. Um, and it was, it was the week before that I was, I ended up doing this thing and and I get a call like a, a week, mm -hmm. a week before this, I'm about to do this event in mm -hmm. April. Okay. I've been training for this year and a half, the whole pandemic. And I'm going to go down. My buddies are flying out. And this guy calls me, this billionaire, who's a client of mine. And he says, dude, I want you to do a party for me on Saturday. I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah. I, got, I got a race. And, and I said no five times. Like, text me, calls my manager. You know, nothing a billionaire hates more than hearing the word no. <laughs> so finally, we said to him, here's how much you're going to pay. You know, like like the scene in a, in a movie where you push a napkin to the guy. Yeah. And, and, and he just goes, yes. And I go, damn it. Because it was like, first off, it was just an obscene amount of money. Yeah. But second... I didn't want to do the party. <laughs> I wanted to go run my race. Yeah. So I, it's it's kind of like this weird thing where it's like the most, I was so annoyed mm -hmm. when I got such a huge payday. So I should have been happy, but I was mad. So I decided I can't let all this fitness go to waste. So in the span of 48 hours, 
I said, I'm going to just run around Central Park the mm -hmm. next week. I'm yeah. going to run around Central Park. And, and then I found out after doing a quick bit of research that there's a record for this. I'm not the first idiot who's done this. <laughs> I said, I'm going to break this record. And the last guy who's done it, good friend of mine now, Robbie Ballinger, mm -hmm. um, he had broken it a couple of years before and he got crazy press for doing this. Like everybody, he was mm -hmm. in Men's Health, New York Post, like GQ, just like so much press. So I go, I'm going to do this. And um, everybody latched on. I got, I was on the front cover of the New York times and had a two page spread. Like I've, I, it's something you can't buy. I like it's, saw it's, it. It's and then I was on, I had a half page on the second, the page two of wall street journal. These are things where keep on, I've been on national and international TV over a hundred times. Mm -hmm. This is like, I was a quiz question on the New York times. They have at the end of the week, they have a quiz question. Yeah. I told my wife I could die tomorrow. <laughs> Everyone that I know in my entire life wrote to me and they're like, dude, you're a question in the New York Times this week. So I, I peaked, Eric. Yeah. I've already peaked in life. It's all downhill from here. But uh, yeah, the ultra marathons are all mind over matter. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's not even fitness. You can train for that in a way, but you have to be mentally tough and you have to have just a tenacity and a determination that I will not quit. Like I get, I, I get being interested in running. I mean, you know, I'm, a, I've got like a buddy that I work out with on a regular basis and we're always pushing each other, trying to like lift more weights. But the, the ultra marathon thing is, is fascinating. I mean, is what, so it's just the mind over matter that draws you to it, that you're just like, look, I can do magic. I can do mentalism. I can work for, for these amazing things. But what I really want to do is just like go run until my body parts fall off. Like what, where, where's this coming from? Um, I like, I like the challenge. Yeah. So I really uh, enjoy like a marathon, running a marathon really fast. Sorry to interrupt, but this week the show is brought to you by Revamp from Nicholas Lawrence. Nick Lacapo joined me in the studio to discuss this torn and restored piece of eye candy. Nick, one of the things I love about Nicholas Lawrence is that his magic is is not just well constructed; it's hyper visual, and he has he has this habit of creating increasingly visual and easy to do torn and restored dollar bills. This time we're talking about revamp by Nicholas Lawrence. Just tear a corner off this dollar bill. You kind of like lay it on the on the bill for a second, then you just kind of like shake the bill, mm -hmm. and you. Just that corner that was there just disappears and re reattaches itself to the torn edge. Uh, it's super visual. Yeah. Like uh, that's the whole trick right there in a nutshell. And it's, uh, it's incredible. There's some cool stuff about the trick too, because there's actually a way to steal the gimmick off of the bill so that you can hand out the bill for examination. Now, one of the things that we should note is that it comes with movie money. Uh, but there is instructions on there that if you wanted to make this out of a dollar bill yourself, there are instructions on how to transplant the gimmick over to an actual dollar bill. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I absolutely love this about this yeah. trick. That, like right out of the box, when you get it, you get a fully formed constructed gimmick. Now, obviously, we can't sell currency yeah. to people. That's the unfortunate way of the world. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, But write your local congressman to change laws so that we can sell you real money. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so it comes pre-constructed in this you know, fake dollar bill, which looks great, by the way. I yeah. don't know if you've seen this it's, the it, new it, movie money that's I mean, out there. Uh, you put it up against next to a real dollar bill in a magic situation, great. I don't think anyone would be able but to But it'll get the you off and running right, yeah. right away. So it, not that it's hard at all, but it mm -hmm. at least allows you to learn the handling for the routine mm -hmm. so that when you want to, you can sit down and then make the gimmick for yourself. Because you might actually mm -hmm. want to make it in like a 50 or a 100 or something like that. Yeah, and also to, you know, world-famous gimmick builder Eric Tate is the one who teaches you how to make the gimmick. So, I mean, that's Ooh. how easy it is to construct is that – 
I've, I, never, <laughs> I've never heard of them. I, I, I don't build gimmicks, and this was very easy for me to build. I still have the revamp that I made in the tutorial. It still works great. Yeah, it's... Um, this is one of Nicholas's best tricks. Yeah. Uh, he's got a lot on this list, yeah. but the feedback I get about revamps a lot is uh, all very positive. So if you're into torn yeah. restored bills, I think this is a great one to pick up. Yeah. Uh, this is Revamp by Nicholas Lawrence. Check it out. That was Revamp from Nicholas Lawrence, available at penguinmagic.com. As always, the incredible listeners to our show receive 25% off the feature product of the week when they enter a special discount code at checkout. This week, that code is MONEYMAGIC. That's Money Magic, all one word, M-O-N-E-M-A-G-I-C, for 25% off Revamp by Nicholas Lawrence. That code is only good for Revamp and only good until the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with Oz Perlman. <laughs> Where's this coming from? Well, I like I like the challenge, yeah. so I really uh, enjoy like a marathon, running a marathon really fast is kind of different. I, I know it's going to sound so ridiculous to be able to yeah. be like, what? But a marathon's kind of short for me. It doesn't feel like... It's almost done before it starts. <laughs> I know this sounds so ridiculous, but a marathon yeah. for me is, is, is something I'm running very fast, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so it's a very different beast. I'm not running these ultra marathons, like air quotes, very fast mm-hmm. um, versus like a marathon. The fastest I've ever run is a 223. That's running like 529 per mile. If you go on a treadmill, that's like 11.3. So I'm running. When I do these ultra marathons, I'm really not running most of the time more than like eight or nine minute miles. I could talk to you on the phone. We could be doing this interview while I'm running an ultra marathon and you wouldn't be able to tell because my, my heart is not, I'm not, my heart rate isn't high. So what I'm doing there is it's a challenge of, I know I'm going to hit very low lows. Like I'm going to hit points in time where I'm going to feel like absolute crap. And I'm going to question why I'm doing this. And I'm going to mentally start to crumble. Mm -hmm. And that's where you learn who you are as a person. So those lows, even though when you're in them, they feel terrible and you question yourself and you just say, why am I doing this? But when you get out of them, Mm -hmm. it is so fulfilling at some of these races when you cross the finish line and you finish it and then you, you soak in that achievement that later on in life, when I do other things, you know, mm-hmm. up all night, my newborn or kids or all this, everything else is kind of easy in comparison. So um, I think it's kind of the fact that we live lives of comfort now. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm not a soldier. I need to really explain this. Like I'm not off to war. Mm-hmm. The closest thing I can get that without putting my life at risk, yeah. but still tipping the balance of getting into those like really existential moments of feeling as if like, you know, I I don't want to spare you the gory details where I'm like, you know, throwing up, puking. I'm a wreck. My legs are wrecked. I I can't barely walk, much less run. Mm -hmm. And somehow I get out of it. And somehow I finish the race. You go back into that and you get a reserve. And my good buddy, David Goggins, he talks about this all the time. It's like a 40% rule. When you dig deep, you will later in life, you, you, you reap the rewards of that. And that's really where the ultras come from. It's just a matter of testing myself. Uh, also in a lot of these races, there's a real camaraderie mm-hmm. with the other runners, with your crew, the people that come help you. Yeah. It's a bit of a team sport. When I did that run in central park, I had, I was like Forrest Gump. I had people running with me all day, all day. People like saw it, heard about it on the news, saw we had posters and I had a crew yeah. at like uh, at 90th and 5th and they'd be like, are you the guy? And I'm like, yeah. I'm the guy. Like, can we run with you? I'm like, hell yeah, man, join us. And we just had, at some point I had like 30 people behind me. It was full Forrest Gump. And it was just, it captured people's imaginations. I met friends from it that I talked to to this day. It was really such a fulfilling experience. That's incredible. Well, I- I, I will remember that until the day I die. So like when you ask me like, is it a crazy yeah. thing? Yeah, but sometimes people- 
are most inspired by crazy things. I couldn't agree more, and that's an excellent place to end this. I can't wait to talk to you again, and I, I, I hope I get to see you and I, hang out I've with got you at a Magic Convention. I see, I see the Zoom is ending in a few more. If you got lightning round or one or last two questions, I'll hit you with them. All I, right. I, I love, love the Penguin Magic community. Uh, so I definitely want to have you back, but I love the idea of hitting you with a lightning question. Um, what is? And this is one of those things that you can only ask other people who've been in our position. What's your favorite product that you got to pitch? My favorite product that I got to pitch, yeah. it is hands down the Super Sharpie. Oh, um, yeah? Yeah, the Super Sharpie is probably the most return on investment of any product I've ever had in my entire life without question. It is single, far and above. There's not even anything that would be in the order of magnitude of second. Like mm -hmm. everything below that, it, it's, it's just something that I feel like I've mastered. Um, it's something that I've done more than any other prop I've ever had in my whole life career like i've been doing magic for going on 27 years and there's other things but it's it's just i i love that product i love everything about it uh there's lots of other things i pitched um and that i i really adored i yeah. i think hundy 500 for many years and then extreme burn yeah. 2.0 richard sanders i love you richard are just such and greg wilson of course with the original hundy are just perfect tricks that's a perfect trick no matter what you do i i've taught that to i don't want to call it lay people because people are going to like you know, yeah. lynch me and say, oh my God, why did you teach it? But I've had people that are really genuinely interested, clients mm -hmm. that want to learn a couple tricks and I will point them in the direction of here are the best tricks. Here's an impromptu trick you can do with matches. Yeah. Here's a trick that you can do that's a, you know, really great magician's choice or equivocate and stuff that you can do anytime, anyplace. But if you're going to do a gimmick, Hundy 500 Extreme Burn, Super Sharpie is a refined product. That's yeah. an advanced product for me. That is so, so difficult to do perfectly. And I'm still getting better at it. Mm -hmm. But Hundy 500 to have on you, if you're a teacher, if you're a dentist, if you're a lawyer, if you're any type of trade, if you're just a kid, maybe don't do hundreds. But <laughs> and that, that trick has opened doors for me. I've gone to places yeah. in the world where we don't speak a lick of the same language. Mm -hmm. I take ones, I turn them into hundreds. Bam, we have an instant friendship and rapport. Uh, it's incredible. So that that's one of those tricks that's a perfect product, if you ask me. What's uh, what's one of the crazier things that happened to you when you got to finally go out and perform, like uh, uh, when you were like doing products on the street for like you were like pitching stuff? Because you know, like you said, sometimes we've only done it a handful of times. But are there any like really memorable moments of like performing products on the street in the Vegas Vegas days of Penguin? Oh my god! So I've just had you you have things that happen where you know you know that. Um, old like uh, i don't know if it's a mental question or something where they would say if you put monkeys in front of typewriters yeah. for enough infinite years they will eventually you know write macbeth mm -hmm. you know that whole ridiculous thing so just pure luck i had something happen just ridiculously pure luck where like i'm springing the cards and suddenly one card just falls on the ground and mm -hmm. falls to the ground and i say name any card right now <laughs> and, and, and they say the card and i just freeze yeah. and i go you sure and they go no and they change their mind. I go, okay, change your mind. And they go, eight of diamonds. And I go, you pick it up. And I like just messing around, bro. Yeah. I need you to understand this is nothing to do with anything. It's just messing around. And they reach down and they pick it up and it's the eight of diamonds. And like I we I had some of those things happen where we're yeah. on camera and I just do it for fun because I'm expecting to make a joke. <laughs> when they lift it up, I'm like, come on, what do you think? I'm David Blaine. Yeah. And I but when it hits. Oh my God. You, you understand that's yeah. something that that person is still maybe talking about when they see a magician and they're like, you're not going to believe what this guy did to me in Vegas. And what I learned from those moments is create those moments yeah. because 
when you do a double lift and put it in somebody's hand and they're not expecting it, it is just as impressive mm -hmm. because the method to them, they don't know. So learn the most important thing I could tell you in this whole podcast is effect is everything. Method is meaningless. I know we as magicians get hung up or we're like, oh my God, what's the new way to do this? And that's so cool. And we really want that trick that's the holy grail that's going to fool other magicians. That's fun. It's meaningless to spectators. Create moments that are memorable in their mind. And the important part is to distill what will they say to people later? What's the effect? And the best effects in all of magic can be said in one line to a first grader. Like when David Blaine floated, that was pure magic, right? When you do a four-phase routine with aces, don't get me wrong, it's going to be incredible. The ace changed color. They did this, they did that. No one's going to remember the whole trick. They're going to remember the one moment. That's why like certain tricks like two-card Monty, the yeah. Raven, will live on forever, for eternity, because they're so pure and beautiful. I think we got to call it there. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast, Oz. Talk to you again soon. Love it, Eric. The bird is the word. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. That's going to do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Oz Perlman for being on the show, and thanks to you for listening. Well, it's almost the new year, and that means two things. Nick and I have to do a year-end wrap-up episode, and the Penguin Magic Awards are coming back. Keep an eye on our Instagram for more info about the awards. We are looking forward to celebrating all of the incredible releases from the amazing creators across the magic industry. The awards show is a lot of fun to do, and you're a big part of that. So keep an eye on the Instagram, because that's where all of the information is going to be, when voting starts, when the show is going to air, all that stuff. Also... The new year means new shows. If you're going to be in Nashville the week of January 16th, put your dancing shoes on and come down to the House of Cards. I'll be performing there all week before I head to Magi Fest. Then Nick and I are going to go to Blackpool, and we can't wait to see all of you there. I got a lot of dates at venues and conventions across the country next year. I'll be announcing them on this podcast. I can't wait to see all of you listeners out there on the road. For now, though, it's my duty to remind you that we are a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform that you've been confidently lying about your New Year's resolution on. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, you'll have to shout it out over the noise of Rocco and Bellatrix yapping in the back seat. I went on a road trip for the week between New Year's and Christmas, and Rocco does not like being in the car, and Bellatrix does not like that Rocco does not like being in the car, and they are both letting me know all of their displeasure. But if road trip with two tiny doglets isn't your idea of the perfect vacation, you can always hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. -I -I From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, perform. <laughs> <laughs>